What are we dreaming about? Right. What do we want our life to look like in five years and 10 years? What do we want our family to stand for? What is important to us? What are the most important things to us? What are we willing to fight for together? You're listening to the Dream Marriage Podcast with Brian and Allison Dalkey. Most married people probably wouldn't say their marriage is a dream. Many would even say it's a nightmare. But with the right priorities and a unified vision, you and your spouse truly can have the dream marriage. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dream Marriage Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian and Allison Dalkey. And today we're going to be talking about why it is essential to dream with your spouse. In our last episode, we gave you guys kind of a, a story as to why we're here and why we're doing this. But today we're going to go back even a little bit farther. And I say a little bit farther, about 10 years farther to the start of it all. Mm, yeah. You want to get us started, babe? Can I tell where we came from, where it all started? Where, we, like, what? How we met? When our relationship started, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. So we when met. I knocked you off your feet and took you to my castle slaying dragons along the way and all of that. Tell, tell that. Well, that's what happened. Well, yeah, no. We met in college, in government class. We are college sweethearts from, I was a freshman, you were a sophomore. Yep. Pretty much from the fall of my freshman year. Until the fall of now, <laughs> we have been together yeah. over 20 years. You fell for me in the fall. I did. Yeah. That was so cheesy. I almost didn't. What? I almost didn't fall for you in the fall. What? I don't know. Well, remember, saying. it was a couple of months later. Okay, whatever. It's a whole story, but basically she noticed me before I noticed her. She still holds it to my head over this day. I just say God was guarding my eyes from seeing the beauty that is you until my heart was ready. But once we met, it was, we pretty much started dating the next couple days and then we've been together ever since. Yep. Yeah. But it hasn't always. Within a couple months, it was, I love yous and when are we getting married? And yeah, we probably would have gotten married sooner had I not gone on active duty for 13 months. Well, he actually, yes, he got deployed on active duty and we discussed at that point, how long have we been dating? Uh, when I got orders, we'd only been dating three or four months. We we literally made a pros and cons list about us getting married so I could go with him. Yeah, our parents were not fans. Wild. And yeah. then when you got back from active duty, we did get married. We did. Just a year and a half after we met. Yep. Yeah, so we've been together over 20 years. Yep. Married for 19. Uh, yeah, just living the dream. Yep. But it hasn't always been pretty. It's We actually had a really rocky start to our marriage. We are both incredibly stubborn. Well, one of us more than the other. <laughs> so, but. so if you're a birth order person, I'm a firstborn. He's a firstborn male. We... We let's just say we we, we fought hard, but we loved hard. You, but we fought hard more than we loved. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. We there may have been things thrown, but not by him, by me. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel was like, like hang on, you you're throw, gonna get me thrown in jail. I know, yeah. like if you throw things, like that's really bad. If I throw things, it's just it's just it's not great. I deserved it for sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. yeah, the first, uh, we we talk sometimes and almost joke now, we're far enough away from it, but there's about a five-year stretch at the beginning of our marriage when we don't have a lot of memories. Yeah. And we have a few highlights and a few lowlights, but honestly, if, if you have any background in um, trauma or, you know, childhood trauma, your brain does guard you 
from certain traumatic times in your life. And it's just your body's way of, of protecting you from those memories. And we kind of joke, that was just God's way or our brain's way of protecting us from all of those mad times. Hey, listen, it wasn't, it was not that bad. It wasn't trauma. There was no reason. Like, no, 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 there just, wasn't. We don't remember because we were just in survival mode. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Like you were working full time. When we first got married, you were working full time. I was finishing school. We had a baby. I was working basically two full time jobs. Yeah. I was in the car business, 70 to 90 hour weeks. And we had a baby. She was teaching school. She also started another business. It was. We bought our first house. Yep. We, we, you know, we were chasing the American dream, right? Quote, unquote, the American dream. We Well, the American dream we had been sold right. was buy a house bigger than you can afford, work more hours to afford the house, and then eventually you'll be making a whole bunch of money. You'll pay off the house. You'll just live in this amazing place where, you know, you're just making love all the time and cash and checks, right? Like that's the... American dream we bought. I don't know if that's the, but yes, we were. But the one that we got was different. Yeah. I mean, to, you know, we bought our first house. We were, we're thinking we're pretty high and mighty. And then we don't have the cash to buy a lawnmower or water hoses. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. Our first debt was at a large hardware store. <laughs> well, no, no, no. Our first debt was at a department store that you had a credit card at, which Absolutely don't do that, people. If you're young, no. don't get a department store credit card. That's still a thing, right? Yeah, I think so. But yeah, we didn't have a lawnmower or a weed eater or any of that stuff. So we went into a debt at a hardware store just to get lawn supplies. <laughs> like that's how, that's how much that the American dream we bought was a lie. And I think many of you listening can identify, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that was just in the first four or five years of our marriage. I mean, even years down the road, we were still buying into that dream. Yeah. And still thinking, well, we'll just work more so we can buy more. Yeah. So fast forwarding a few years, I, he mentioned I started a business. I quit my teaching job. We have another baby. So we've got two kiddos. I'm working from home running this business. He's working full time. We ended up buying the next house, right? Not right. not another house. Well, actually, yes, because we rented our first house. Well, oh, yeah. Anyways, Um so we bought a house that we thought was the dream house. You know, we're, we were making great money. The business yeah. was doing well. You were doing really well in car sales. We, you know, we're like, this is great, right? This is everything we've ever wanted, making a lot of money. We bought a boat, a Jeep. Oh, like, yeah. From the outside looking in. Had two kids. We were and those neighbors retriever. that you would have been jealous about, right? Yeah. We had the nicest house on the block. We had a beautiful big boat that I love to park right in front of the house three days before we had to take it out just so everyone knew we had a big boat. We had three cars. We had beautiful, healthy kids. And our marriage was rough. Yeah, it was just a mess. And, you know, it's not that you set out for, nobody sets out for their marriage to be a mess. Like you don't intend for that to happen, but we were just kind of in that survival mode. We, we both are living our own lives, doing the things we think are important, chasing the things that we think are important that maybe have never been spoken out loud, but are just instinctual in us, right? Right. And uh, we find ourselves in a place where we have more money than we've ever made. We have more stuff than we've ever had. We have the home we thought we always wanted, you know, the two kids and a dog. And there was a time that I will never forget. We were sitting on our back porch and I I just remember feeling numb. Like this is, 
what I thought I wanted. And then I feel this way. Yeah. I feel like dead inside. Yeah. And I, we looked at each other and I just remember saying like, I love you, but I don't like you. Yeah. Like, I don't like you at all. Like, yeah. this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I, I don't like this, right? Yeah. I don't like this thing that I thought I wanted that we chased and now we have it and I don't like it. Yeah. And isn't it crazy? That's what we hear so much mm-hmm. from couples. Like we've had couples in massively successful and yeah. we've had them say right in front of us, I, I would get rid of it all Yeah, to have you in the first house without all the work, without all the money, without all the, and that's, I don't know that we know look, or I don't know that we knew in that moment that that's what we were coming to. Mm-hmm. But, and then also to think how crazy is it that we both looked at each other and said, I, I do love you, but I don't like you anymore. And we received it. Yeah, I wasn't even mad at you because no. I understood. Like yeah. I get it. I don't like you either. But previously in our marriage, you would have thrown something at me probably. I think it was just this place of feeling so defeated. Right. Because you're confused. Yeah. Right. Like I don't understand we, we were in love. Like, I do love you. We were in love. We got married. We did the things that we thought we were supposed to do. We, it, we At that point, we'd paid off our debt. We have these great things, this beautiful home. Well, I, I don't understand why I'm not happy. Right. So it's yeah, just and we, you're confused. Yeah. And we didn't – it wasn't any one thing. Right? right. It was a lot of different things. But what we decided that day – well, I don't know if it was that day or in the near future after that, but we just said, we've, we've got to start eliminating some of these things. Yeah. And so this boat that I had always wanted a boat, I, I grew up without a whole lot. Um, and I just always wanted a boat. I had friends that had boats and they just always seemed happy. They were going to the lake, they were doing all that stuff. So I just thought once you get to the point in your life, when you can afford a boat, you've made it <laughs> like from that point on every weekend at the lake, there's nothing better than that. Live in the dream. Live in the dream. And so we buy the boat, the reality of the boat. Now, here's what I will say. If you're a boat owner and you're listening right now yeah, and you're we going- We love boats. We love boats. The problem with our our life at the time was we had two kids, three and under. And if you have a boat and you've taken a small child out on the lake, two to four hours is the most you can have a baby on a boat. And we live- Two, two hours. hours from a lake. From the lake that, from, yeah, yes. that we like to go to. Yeah. And so, you know, I would spend a day prepping the boat, getting it ready, getting everything on it, filling up the ice chest, you know, making sure everything's, you know, battened down so we can haul the thing two hours. And then we go and it's two hours in the car, two to four hours on the lake. We would drive separate so she could then take the kids back home while I'm getting the boat out of the water, you know tying it all up, doing everything again, then hauling it home and then spending a day cleaning the boat just so we can put it back in storage. So it's a three to five day process for two to four hours on the lake that you end up really just hollering at each other the whole time about because someone needs to be wiping a kid while the other one's not letting the other one drown. And so it just wasn't, those trips weren't super fun. No. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, we had a lot of stuff that we thought was going to make us happy. And what we found out in that period in our lives were the more things you have, oftentimes that's stuff that just pulls you apart because especially if it's not both of your dream, if it's just one of your dreams, right? then, you know, the other spouse just ends up being the one that's trying to help you fulfill your dreams and theirs are going, you know, off to the side. Well, and I would also say that those were things that weren't fully thought out by us, right? It was just like, we can afford a boat, let's get one. 
instead of today as older and more emotionally mature adults, we would emotionally mature. Sound like you said immature. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, said, I'm, I know what you're saying. Okay. I said emotionally mature, but it's not. But we would weigh the pros and cons of that, and we would look at what's that going to look like in our life. But, you know, we were just young and we had the money. Let's do it. So I think that a lot of people can relate to that. Like we've ended up in a place that maybe we didn't mean to end up in. And we, if I'm honest and we look around, not very happy. Well, I think this all goes back to one of the great American poets, mm-hmm. Notorious B.I.G. Oh, right. Who said, mo money, mo problems. Yeah. He, he ain't wrong. He's not. And it's something <laughs> you can't appreciate until you've gone through it. Because mm-hmm. I think most, I know me as a kid, I thought, more money, more problems. There's no way. Yeah. More money, I'm going to be living. Yeah. But yeah, so we found that out. So we did over the next couple of years, um, whether it was strategically or not, one of the things that just kind of naturally happened was we started to shed some of those things. Yeah, we kind of started to see. We got rid of the okay. Jeep, you know, the fun weekend run around. We got rid of the boat. And we just started to try to do things that helped us focus more on our family and each other. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't perfect, mm-hmm. but it was the start of the path a, a leading us to where we us. are. Yeah. So last episode, we talked a little bit more about kind of what happened after that. We, we got into foster care. Brian was in ministry for a season and we kind of told all of that story. But um, we talked about a little retreat that Brian and I went on where we started discussing some really big picture questions and ideas and topics and really started to create some vision for where we wanted to go. Like, what's the next 10 years look like for us? Who are we as a family unit? Like, just really started to to ask some hard questions of each other. And we really started to dream together for the first time. Um, Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I I believe that Something we talk about all the time is you, if, if you want to talk about your personal dreams and the things you want and all of that, there's a million books you can buy. There's a million podcasts you can listen to. There's all kinds of resources out there for your dreams, right? And I think oftentimes it's not like we didn't have dreams. I had dreams. She had dreams. Mm-hmm. Like we constantly, you always envision your future, right? With every paycheck, you think about what can I do with this and how, you know, where is this all going? The problem we found is that we had two different ideas of what those dreams were and what our futures were going to look like. And it took 12 or 14 years of marriage to figure out that we need to be dreaming together right? and chasing dreams together. And it it doesn't mean our dreams are always the same, but there are things that are consistently intertwined that are very much the same. And so that's where I think a lot of our frustration early on was we, we were both dreamers. We said that in the last episode. We're, we're dreamers. Right. But we weren't dreaming together. Yeah. So why is it so essential for spouses to dream together? Or maybe how have you seen that impact some of the couples that have come to our retreats and created that space and time? Like, why does dreaming with your spouse matter? Why is it essential? Because when you're dreaming together you do everything else in your life together, right? Like so many things about your marriage are together, but I don't think we're often being vulnerable enough to truly try to understand our spouse's dreams. Mm -hmm. And when you can do that and when you can truly listen, not just hear, but listen, and you can have a unified vision for what your dreams could be moving forward, that's when you can really step into fighting together for the same thing. And, that's being unified. Yeah. If you're not doing that, 
kind of like what we talked about, you're living two different lives. And so you can't, we don't believe that you can truly be together and fighting for the same things unless you're truly dreaming together and listening to each other's dreams. Yeah. So we want to give you some practical tip. Like if right now you're thinking, yeah, gosh, I want that for my marriage. Like I want us to be on the same page. I want us to be unified and moving towards something as a team, but we're not. First of all, know that most people aren't. So you're not alone in that. And this takes intention and it takes time and space. So if you're thinking, okay, how do I start? This is how you start. First of all, I would say you want to create the space and time. We talked about in our last episode, the retreat that we went on, we were gone for three nights. I know that that's a hard thing to do, but ideally, if you can get away, um, I believe we both believe that it really does take kind of a step away from your normal life for you to really be honest and vulnerable and process. And so I would say that's step one is find some time, carve some time out, make it happen, figure out who can watch the kids and what you can do to get away. And then we have put together, so we've always had this, what we call our dream guide, and it's essentially the questions that we walk people through and the prep that they do at a retreat before they go and dream together. So we've put that together in a free download for you on our website over at thedreammarriage.com. You can go and download that dreaming guide for couples, and it's just going to walk you through the prep. But what it basically does is it creates the space for each of you to dream individually first. So the way it would work is you're away someplace, you guys take this dream guide, you each have a copy, and you go and you answer those questions. There's prompts in there. that Some of them are going to seem silly to you. Like yeah. we have in there, what did you want to be when you grew up? Like when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you yeah. grew up? Well, and one thing we found, it's hard for some people to dream. Yes. Right? Especially, you know, we're getting older and the older you get, especially when you're, you're more ingrained to the day-to-day, you maybe been in your job 20 years, like to truly put yourself out of the box that you've lived in for however many years together, it can be hard to dream. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's harder for one spouse than the other. Usually, but, yeah. But that's why these prompts take you all the way back to maybe when you did have mm-hmm. big dreams and big goals. Well, and what's we talk about at a retreat is like, let's say you answer that question. I wanted to be an astronaut. I wanted to be a policeman. Yeah. Well, you may not be either of those things today, and that's okay, but there's roots there that right. might matter, right? Right. So if you wanted to be a policeman, it might be because you wanted to serve people or you wanted to protect people. Right. Like, and there's gifts. You want to be a doctor. It might be because you want to help people heal. Mm-hmm. There are gifts and talents that each of us, that we believe that you have been gifted by God for a purpose. And oftentimes we see those things develop in our childhood, that we see the beginnings of dreams. I'll tell you right now, I wanted to be like Nancy Kerrigan. Y'all remember Nancy Kerrigan? She's oh my. an Olympic figure skater. I, I, listen, I live in Oklahoma. There are not any ice rinks anywhere, right? Like There might be one. One. But yeah. Okay? Like, this is not a realistic dream, like goal for me. But what I saw was this woman who was graceful and beautiful, who was inspiring young girls to be all that they could be, right? I saw this, like, she was empowering. And I can look now and say, oh, there are things in my giftings and in my personality that aligned with that that I got to live out in my adulthood, right? So all those things matter. But there's questions like that. There's questions like, what are you naturally good at? We found that women often struggle with answering that question with because we, one, 
there's humility there. You don't want to just say, well, I'm really great at X, Y, and Z, you know, but you have been given gifts. There's things that you have natural tendencies towards. And those are things that we believe are part of uh, the dream and the desire of your heart. And so there's a lot of questions there. You need to do some individual dreaming, but after you've done your individual dreaming, first, it takes being really honest with yourself and that's hard sometimes. That's why you need the space to do it. But after you've really done that and you've processed, then you want to go and you sit with your spouse and you share. Babe, tell them what that looks like because this is one of the hardest parts. Right. And this is something we really have to prep people for. It's part of the reason we're there at a retreat to kind of be a mediator or to help step in if you need help. But if they're doing this alone, they're out in the woods somewhere by themselves, how do they approach coming together and maybe being vulnerable for the first time about saying, I've never said this to anyone, but I would love to do this. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm giving you my heart right now. Right. And what I don't want you to do is look at me like it's I'm absolutely it. nuts. Yeah. You know? Well, it's so important when you get to that point, when you're able to dream individually, which like we talked about, isn't always easy. And typically it's easier for one than the other. Mm -hmm. But when you get to that point where you can come together and in whatever rough draft form you have your dreams filled out to go to your spouse and then to lay all that in front of them, because it, it's hard enough for us to be real with ourselves mm -hmm. for whatever reason, it seems backwards, but it's even harder sometimes for us to be that vulnerable to the person that's supposed to love us the most, that's mm -hmm. supposed to accept us for who we are and all of that, but it's still really hard. So the boundaries and the framework that we put around it are that you would share with each other. Usually one person goes first and the other person just listens to hear. Listens to understand. And to understand, yeah. but not to respond. Right. So it, there might be questions, Yeah. but they cannot be judgmental guiding questions. Yeah. They have to be just true questions that you have about as to, you know, maybe how they came up with that or why. Or tell me more about that. Yeah. Just yeah. to help you understand, but not for any judgment. And so by the time you get to the end of it, so let's say, you know, you've got two pages written out of possible dreams and things that you're hoping for and wishing for and praying for. By the time you get to the end of it, the person that read you all that and, and really just laid it all out for you, they need to feel like they were heard. Mm -hmm. And regardless of how you might think it was silly or it's too far-fetched or it's impossible or there's no way that'll ever happen as the listening spouse, you can't let any of that show on your face. Like you truly in that moment envision, and this is something we talk about, envision the 10-year-old version mm -hmm. of your spouse that this is them as a kid just talking about their wildest dreams because none of us, especially as a parent, if your 10-year-old comes to you and says, Dad, I want to be the best hunter in the world and I'm going to I'm gonna do this and I'm going to do that, the last thing in the world you're going to do is sit there and tap your foot and roll your eyes, hopefully not, and say, buddy, it's never going to happen. You better dream about other stuff because it's just not. No, hopefully you're empowering them. And yeah, as adults, we know the odds of that happening are slim. But the way I react to it right now is going to set him off on a trajectory for him to become what he's capable of versus mm -hmm. maybe sheltering him into something else. And so as a listening spouse, you listen to understand, not to respond. And then you switch and your other spouse does that for you. So why don't, after that happens, 
we do tell people to ask some clarifying questions. So why don't you walk them through an example of what that looks like? Well, I'm going to backtrack one second because we have had instances where we've had couples come and dream and the, you know, maybe for the first time your spouse has sat across from you and said, this corporate job that I've worked for the past 15 years, I hate it. <laughs> like if I'm honest, I hate it. And we're in a situation where I don't think I can quit because, you know, we've done whatever. We've bought this house, and, you know, it's – but we truly believe that the desires of your heart matter. The Bible talks a lot about our hearts and it talks about those desires. And it, it talks about our hearts in two different ways. We can have hearts and flesh of sin and then we can have hearts that have been renewed by God. That God, The Bible says that the the Lord gives you a new heart. And when he gives you a new heart, that heart aligns with his desires, his desires for your life and for his glory. And so we believe that the desires of your heart matter. And that often means that, that what I'm really dreaming about might be s completely different than what we're doing. And that can right. be scary for a spouse if they, you know, if my spouse sat across from me and we're stable and we're good, but it's not what he wants. If I hear that for the first time, that can feel scary. And so that's why it's really important that there's a safe place, that you're open to being vulnerable, and that you're open to hearing your spouse to really understand how they feel, like what Brian said, and and starting there. So it's right. we're asking you to do a big, scary thing. Yeah. Yeah. And But like we also told you guys, this took us days. Yes. This isn't something that's going to happen. I mean, even at our retreats where we really try to – help them get to this place, mm -hmm. you know, as quick as possible, but also thoroughly. It takes a whole day yeah. for this portion that we're talking about in, you know, 40 minutes. Yeah. So, so have some grace for yourselves and your spouse. So after you share, the next thing you'd want to do is really sit and look at your dreams together and, and kind of start to, to see the connections. Where do these things overlap? Where are they the same? Where are even the values of what we're dreaming about aligned? Right. And start to make a list of, okay, well, if you're dreaming about that and I'm dreaming about this, what are we dreaming about together? Right. And there's a there's a prompt in there in our um, dream guide for couples where it there's a place for you to dream together. What are we dreaming about? Right. What do we want our life to look like in five years and 10 years? What do we want our family to stand for? What is important to us? What are the most important things to us? What are we willing to fight for together? And so then you kind of go from there. And I think it's important when you're doing that, the things that are going to stick out the most are where your dreams are very much different. And yeah, we've had couples come to us and say, I mean, they've done a dreaming session and said, okay, well, we should probably just get divorced now because our dreams are nothing alike. We'll say, well, hold on, back it up a little bit. There are th congruencies in your dream that are similar. Um, we had a, a couple comes to mind. We had a couple that their entire goal, one of the, one of the spouse's entire goal was to travel the world, sell everything, travel the world. They didn't have any kids. And the other spouse dream was to put down roots, have kids, and then live in the same place they've always lived their entire, the rest of their lives. Those are very different dreams. And so they came to us and just kind of said, good luck. What are you going to do with this? And what we found was both of their dreams included each other. They included experiences and they just wanted a place where they felt known and welcomed and loved. And so once we sat down with them and figured out that the reason the one wanted to travel is because she wanted experiences. Well, you can have that and still live in the same town. You can travel, you can do those things. And then 
he wanted roots because that's all he had ever known and that's what felt comfortable. And so anyway, regardless of how different it feels, we want you to know that there are things that can bring you guys together and it's important to focus on those, not just the differences. Yeah. So here's another thing I'd say is that it's really important to understand that your dreams will evolve. This dream guide that, that we've created for you, that we use at retreats, we do this over and over again. Brian and I do. We do it almost every year together. And there's typically a season in our marriage when I can feel the the kind of sliding off of we're not exactly on track. I'm like, we need to go dream together because maybe we are, because your dreams do evolve. They're going to change. What we were dreaming about five years ago that was this big, lofty, crazy dream is so, it's it's very, it's a, it's in line with what we're doing now, but it's different. Very different. It's yeah. changed. And what I, what I typically say is it's probably not going to be what you think it's going to be yeah. because we can make plans all day long. However, God has typically better things for us than we could ever even imagine. And that's been our experience yeah. is walking in obedience and actually following the desires of our heart has led to things greater than we could have thought possible. But because that's just how God works. Well, and I think so many people get caught up in the, what if I make the wrong decision? Mm, yeah. So what if, what if this dream isn't a God dream? What or if it's just I, selfish? How what do if, I know if this is God? Right. right. So what do you tell people usually when they get, cause we do every retreat, we have someone get caught up on that. Well, this just seems selfish. Mm, I can't do this. Yeah. What do you say to that? Gosh. So I would say, here's the thing. If it, cause first of all, some people will just hear from the Lord, Right. It'll be clear. The Lord will tell them something. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you get a stirring. Sometimes you get a nudge. Sometimes there's just this thing you can't shake. That is often the Lord. And when it aligns with whatever you're chasing aligns with scripture and you can point that it is for God's glory and you're good, then you're not going to take a misstep. It's kind of like... um, It's like bumper bowling. Yeah. This is an example I use. It's silly, but... You know, when you have little kids and you take them bowling, they put those inflatable bumpers up yeah. in the gutters and they throw the ball. Rarely is it ever straight down the middle, right? So right. it kind of bounces back and forth. But I feel like when you're leaning into something with your spouse, mm-hmm. with the intention, we want our marriage to be the best it can be. We want to honor God in our marriage. We want to, you know, leave an example for our children on what we want them to have in marriage. Yeah, You're not going to get it wrong. And if it's off, God's going to bounce it back to the middle. Yeah. And then you're going to go that way a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. you're sure to get off because we're all sinful humans. Right. And Mm -hmm. then he's going to bounce it back the other way. And by the end of your life, you're hitting the target. Yeah. So there is no wrong decision as long as you are making it with that mindset, right. Of, I want this to glorify God in our marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's the other thing too. I kind of didn't answer your question about being selfish. A lot of women will kind of say, well, gosh, I, it, it seems selfish for me to want more. I, I believe that you were made for more. The Bible says that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That's Ephesians 2.10. And I find so much comfort in that because it means that I... I know that Genesis 1 says, I am created in the image of a creator. And then this, Ephesians 2 says, and I'm created to create. I was created for good works that he prepared for me to do. And I think sometimes when we find women or men, either one, living in this spot where they feel 
antsy and they feel like there's got to be more than this, you're right, there is. Yeah. And a lot of times it's because you're not living into who God called you to be. Yeah. You're not using your gifts. You're not doing the things that you want. And what the enemy, enemy does is he tries to come in and say, that is selfish. You can't go do that thing. That's all about you. Yeah. And do you need to check that? Yes. Is it all about you or is it about you using your gifts to help someone, to serve someone, to better glorify his kingdom? If those answers are yes, then you, by golly, go run that race. Right. Well, and we say so often, if it's comfortable it's probably not everything you're capable of. For sure. And so if your dreams, if you look at your dreams and go, okay, well, yeah, I can accomplish that. This fits into my five-year plan that I already had. Mm-hmm. Then you're not, you're not dreaming big enough. Yeah. Because if, if you're writing dreams down and you and your spouse are figuring out things that you want for the future, for your marriage, for your family, if it's easily attainable or you could on a spreadsheet work it out to make it happen, you're not dreaming big enough. Yeah. If, if God doesn't have a part to play in making part of it happen, it's not big enough. Yeah. I think, you know, I, as we kind of wrap this up, I, I hope that you go and you download this um, dream guide for couples. I realize it's a challenge and it's us asking you to do something really hard, being honest with yourself and being honest with your spouse. But I want to leave you with this. I believe that anything is possible, that God is bigger even than you can act think about. Like he's bigger than you could possibly imagine. And he's not asking you to do anything alone. He is asking you to be obedient and he's asking you to be obedient sometimes in the small things and sometimes in the big things. And just like Brian said, if it, if it's so comfortable and you're like, sure, that's no problem. I can do that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're selling yourself short. Maybe you're not really living into who you were created to be. And I think that's where we find this tension and feeling of God, there's got to be more than this. And I just, my question to you would be, what if it's wonderful? Like, what if it's wonderful? What if it is better than you could imagine? Is it scary? Yes. But if the dream isn't big, there's no need for God, right? Yeah. Like if, if I can do it by myself, who gets the glory for that? Me, right? But if we can unite as a couple and say, we want to chase this big thing, we want to do this thing that we think God's calling us to, because we can see where our gifts align, we can see where the desires of our heart align, that seems scary. It's probably right. Yeah. And I just want to leave you with, as a spouse, when you're doing this, it is so important that you be the person that is encouraging your spouse into this impossible dream. Mm -hmm. Because the first thing that will crush a dream is the person that you're telling it to saying that can't happen. So when your spouse is telling you about this big, crazy dream, we want you to say, that's awesome. Yeah. Let's figure out how between that and what I'm dreaming about and where it comes together and how we can make it happen. And as long as you're doing that, Mm -hmm. we believe you can get to the dream marriage. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Go on our website, thedreammarriage.com, download that dream guide, and then we would love to hear from you. If it's something that you're, you've done or something that you even maybe have questions about, feel yeah. free to reach out to us at thedreammarriage at gmail.com. Yep, and you can find all of those websites and those links in our show notes. Um, reach out to us anytime. We hope you'll join us for our upcoming episodes. We'll be talking more about communication continue to talk about dreaming with your spouse and thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time on The Dream Marriage.